0: Welcome to another episode of It Was All a Stream. I am your host, Chris Sachs. Alongside me, as always, is my cousin, Neil Carroll. Welcome back, everybody. So much to discuss. Starting, as always, with Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 5, Chapter 13 The Jedi. Let's Excellent. get to our great Wikipedia-provided episode summary.
1: Very detailed.
0: Mando and formerly Baby Yoda arrive mm-hmm. at the city of Caledon on the planet Corvus to find the population living in fear of the city's magistrate, Morgan Elsbeth. And her guards, including a hired mercenary named Lang. Elsbeth offers to give Mando a spear of Beskar steel in exchange for killing Ahsoka Tano. Mando finds Ahsoka outside the town and presents Baby Yoda to her. Using the Force, Ahsoka determines that the child's name is Grogu and that he had begun training as a Jedi before the rise of the Empire. She agrees to continue his training if the Mandalorian helps defeat Elsbeth. It sounds like I'm just horribly mispronouncing the name. Elizabeth. The name.
1: <laughs> correct. But Elsbeth, very Star Warsian Elspeth. name.
0: Yes. Uh, they overpower the guards, free the citizens, and the Mandalorian kills Lang. Ahsoka confronts Elsbeth and demands to know the whereabouts of her master, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Afterwards, key, very
1: key. God.
0: Ahsoka refuses to train Grogu due to his close attachment to the Mandalorian. Instead, she directs him to an ancient temple on the planet Tython, where Grogu can use the Force to decide his own fate. She also gives the spear to Mando. This is big. Much, much, much to unpack here. Yes. So... You started. let's start, let's start with ahsoka let's do it i am not very familiar with ahsoka or any of the crazy outside of the movie canon just because i don't really watch clone wars or rebels um so give me a little background on ahsoka i know we've kind of talked about her b- before played by rosario dawson um what were your thoughts and feelings about her appearance and what they did with her and maybe give us a little background
1: all right so Sokotano, character from uh the clone wars born in the cartoon universe so this is a big deal that they brought her over into the not film verse but live action verse she first made an appearance in the Rise of Skywalker, she was one of the voices that Ray hears talking to her from beyond the, the Jedi of the past. So now Rosario Dawson, perfect job, looks almost exactly the part. Um, her tendrils on the head and everything else, exactly right. And even the attitude is similar. You know, the, I feel like I was watching it and I was thinking to myself, I feel like this is what an older version of Ahsoka Tano would be like attitude and all. Um, but the thing that I found interesting were her lightsabers were white. Okay. And in the cartoon universe, you know, she had some different colors going. My theory, my belief is, um, she she doesn't, she no longer considers herself a Jedi. And so that white is kind of a neutral color. And if you remember in the last Jedi, Rey ends up having like a yellow blade. Yes, she does. She, cause you know, she represents something completely different as well. Um, so I thought that was very clever, very interesting. I think everything they're doing with her works, I think she clues us into the fate of the Jedi, clues us into, you know, the fact that she's now kind of working freelance, um, but has, you know, knows where some other people are. Um, It's entirely possible that she knew Yoda was on Dagobah. But by now, he's, you know, he's baited into the force. Here's my thing. The episode title, I thought was clever because it's Jedi. So are we talking about her? Or are we talking about multiple people, her and baby Yoda? Because it could be plural. Yeah, it could be plural.
0: So are we only talking about? baby yoda because she doesn't i saw a lot of that those theories as well that for whatever reason i guess with what happened with anakin and order what what is it order 66 the execute order 66 yeah and and that that kind of she's no longer a jedi or doesn't consider herself one anymore um so maybe it's just grogu which is possible
1: uh... so now do you want to explain grogu
0: yeah, so the, let's the let's get Yoda into has. Gro uh, yeah, f- <laughs> formerly baby Yoda, now baby Grogu. Yeah. Um so he was apparently training as a... it's so this is where the, the he, B- baby Grogu's age confuses me. Yes. Cuz he was being trained as a mm-hmm. Jedi in Was it Coruscant? On Coruscant at the Jedi Temple. On Coruscant at the Jedi Temple before Anakin and Order 66, all the clones and Anakin slaughtered all the children at the Jedi Temple. Which would be 20 years prior to where we're at. Probably. And we know that Grogu is 50. 50. So I just don't understand how if it's a baby, how do you it's not sophisticated enough to like know not to eat things and to like play with little things or whatever, but it is sophisticated enough to learn the force and how to use powers. That is a little ridiculous to me. Too much for you. Yeah, I get it. I do get it. Um, so now you know, i yeah. our question our question we still have a lot of answers that we need one being where like what species is yoda and grogu if that matters or mm-hmm. not how did it escape when everyone else got killed i think that's a pretty significant thing did someone help Grog- Some, someone must have helped well, Grogu she, escape. She mentions that. So
1: now it's up to us to kind of like think about been Yoda? that. Could it and have been Yoda?
0: Could And now is Yoda
1: the father? We don't know. Could it be Obi-Wan who t- returns to uh, well no he was on Mustafar. Yoda was in the You know, he escapes uh, after fighting the Emperor at the Senate so maybe he doubles back and grabs him which would be an interesting fun scene, uh, but it could also be, and here's some, um, here's some speculation. It could be Yaddle. Remember Yaddle?
0: The uh, was only the, other, the female Yoda. Yeah,
1: it's the only other Yoda like creature we found. She was on the council for one movie and then disappeared. Maybe, you know, maybe it's Yaddle's, uh, kid.
0: Could be, could be. I just so so we have a lot of questions there obviously um I I thought it was nice to see the connection between Grogu I'm I guess I'm calling baby Yoda baby Grogu from here on out um and and Mando making like you could their connection was very highlighted in this episode and that they couldn't really separate. But because of that connection, Grogu can't become a Jedi or be trained as a Jedi? Explain that to me.
1: Well, all right. So there was the whole thing about you have to start as a youngling. If you're too old, they won't train you when you're too old. That was the whole thing with Luke. He's like, he's too old. We can't begin his training. Um, I think she probably has an ulterior motive. I think she'd be willing to train him, but I think there's something else going on that we're going to learn about. Like maybe she first needs um, Mando and uh, Grogu to experience someone else or come across someone else and get some more information. Because I don't think this is the last of Ahsoka.
0: No, I don't think so either. A lot of people are thinking we might get a spinoff with Ahsoka and Bo-Katan which
1: going after the dark
0: saber going after admiral thrawn which i think Ah. that leads us into so let's let's go into this because this i know the name i know what admiral thrawn looks like i know he's a big deal
1: and that people have
0: been wondering if he was going to show up in movies and stuff Mm -hmm. like that now we get the the name drop in this episode what's the deal with Grand Admiral Thrawn. Give us a little background on him and where he comes from and, and what, what his whole thing is.
1: Alright, so he's a humanoid with really striking blue skin. He's got red eyes. He's a Grand Admiral of the Empire. Not like a Moff, like uh, Moff Tarkin from uh, New Hope or you know, this Moff Gideon. Uh, but he he was basically he was essentially leading battles,
0: so and he's up there. He's, he's like up there. he's uh, grand admiral surpasses a Moff. No, no, no. Moff is the top. So oh, Moff is the top. Grand yes. admiral is below a Moff.
1: It would be like this. It would be like a, a grand admiral is like a, is General Patton,
0: okay. and
1: a Moff is Eisenhower. Oh, okay. You know, and then you have the president. You have, you know, the emperor. So he's in the room where it happens. He's dealing with things. He's got, you know, he's an important figure, and he's all over the books. He's also in Rebels, so he makes a cartoon appearance as well. But he first appears in um, in books that are canon and still considered canon. Gotcha. So gotcha. there's that.
0: Okay. So that's But he why is I've a, never he's a major figure
1: because, <laughs> he, well, he but his, like all his major stuff is kind of during the wars during the empire and then there's some stuff after you know and han solo encounters him and all that so this could be interesting this could be very interesting how they work him in he would be he's a great villain for one of the season arcs but how are we going to work like they're they're doing a lot like now they've got we're, we're following yoda's story we've got this moff gideon We've got maybe clones going on. We're not sure of, and now they're introducing Thrawn.
0: So Thrawn, Ahsoka, Bo Katan, the Dark Saber. It's all um, good, but it's Clone Wars are tied in with Order sixty six now. What like? Uh, There's a lot going on. This is the. uh, Yeah, but I think this is the launch of the canon. I for me, I feel like. So I kind of have a theory okay. and i don't want everyone to jump on top of me over this but i have a theory about the mandalorian as a television show and your theory is i may may or may not be right um, again it's a theory it's not set in stone i think there's a possibility that the mandalorian isn't actually a good television show but it convinces people it is people who a think baby yoda is cute yeah so that's an automatic oh this is great like i was watching this episode on the tv when my wife was in the background and every time baby yoda came up she's like (laughs) oh every time um two they're super involved with star wars canon so all of the easter eggs and everything that they're getting just makes them think oh this is the best thing ever or three it's people who want good star wars so like we didn't yeah. get it from this last trilogy so now we're getting our star wars fix from the mandalorian instead so they're like oh the trilogy didn't work uh, whether you liked certain movies in it or not, ultimately, I think it's fair everyone can agree that it did not work the way that they wanted it to. And so this right. is now the launch point for everything Star Wars that we're going to get for the future. Uh, yeah, okay. I could see that. I could see that. Because looking at it like bare bones, again, we talk about it all the time, the Mandalorian the way it sets things up like i enjoy it and i like it but i don't know if it's actually good television like it's the same thing over and over again where it's he goes to a new planet he needs information but before he can get it he needs to go on this adventure or help someone out real quick or while his ship is getting fixed he's got to go help someone out and then he moves on to the next place yeah i look i i
1: get it But I do think it's good television. It's a Western in space. It appeals to, I'll give you a great example. I know someone who is approaching the age of 70, but tunes in every Friday and approached me and was like, do you watch this show? And I was so floored by it. And we we had the whole talk about it being a Western in space and it's episodic Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, he's the lone kind of gunman and gun for hire, traveling from place to place. This is, it's reminiscent of, for people in that age group that are willing to give it a chance, it's reminiscent of the Rifleman, the Virginian, it's reminiscent of all those old, uh, you know, 1950s, 60s television shows. For us, it's everything we want in a good Star Wars movie that we didn't get. It's everything we like about the cartoons, like you're saying, but I don't think that's bad.
0: No, I don't think it's bad either. It's just one of those, like, I guess... Uh, weird Uh, like philosophical questions but about Star Wars where it's like is it is it are we I guess overrating it a little bit because of how desperate we are for something Star Wars that's decent Uh, that's decent you know what I mean
1: I don't think so I think I think questioning what you're questioning is what wrecked the movies because after a new but after Force Awakens, there was a faction that was like, oh, this is just a remake of New Hope and they're not even trying. And I thought we were going to get something better. But everybody loved Force Awakens because it was almost a remake of New Hope. Because we love New Hope. And It's like, just give us our friends back. Just let me go watch Chewie again. Let me do this. I love it. All right. Put him in the Millennium Falcon. What a great thing. And then in the second one, they decide, well, we're going to change stuff. And we're going to go, our, you know, oh, it's, she can't be related to anybody, can't always be Skywalkers. And then we, we, we spiral out of control. And then the third one was a hot mess because they had a retcon, everything.
0: Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of differ on our opinions of, of Last Jedi yes. and uh, the reasons why um, the, the last one was bad um rise of skywalker was bad we both agree that it wasn't good but we we disagree on why that is i think yeah I think um so. and uh I, yeah i i would say you know the the force awakens i mean it is a remake of a new hope now whether that's a good thing or a bad thing is up to you. you know i enjoyed the movie yeah. it was fine you know, I wonder if they could have done something different with it, but whatever. It's it is what it is. They that's what JJ thought he had to do to introduce new fans, but keep the old fans. Whatever. Um, but I really do think just with Mando, that this is where now they are trying to actually introduce a lot of Star Wars canon to people that wasn't used in the movies that potentially could have been and uh, i mean yeah i think they're doing it in a good way i i just i pose the question more as a i don't know just to think critically than it is to like bash mando you know what i mean it's probably overthinking or whatever you want to call it but uh, to me it's just interesting to think about like is this something that we're like you know, are, is this show a little bit overrated? Like, if it wasn't doing what it's doing and giving us the Star Wars fix that we didn't get, like, would it be so uh, widely um, praised and as it is? Or praised? Perhaps. Perhaps. Anyways, so we've got our background now on all the history of of what we saw in this past uh, episode. We've got background on Ahsoka. We've got background on formerly Baby Yoda, now Baby Grogu. We've got a little info on Grand Admiral Thrawn and what we might expect. Let's go into our weekly segments. First... Let's grade Mando's parenting skills for this episode.
1: I am giving an A+. plus. This okay. episode was filled with heart, emotion, education, and it shows the link between the two, all right? I think this is a, a touchstone of excellent parenting and, and uh, the – final the beyond all question bonding of the two mando and and baby
0: yoda very interesting yes and yours my grade is an a ah i'm giving mando an a this week glorious explain one is Throughout this episode it's very clear he is trying to put baby grogu in the best situation possible for him not for mando right. ignoring his own emotions he and it's not at first it started out like the series started out when he took on baby yoda it was to kind of like he felt obliged like he had to and he's just trying to get rid of him now it's not he's trying to get rid of him he's actually trying to do what's best for him he needs to be with his people he needs to learn the ways of the jedi mando doesn't even know what jedis do or anything like that but he has enough of an understanding to know that it's important and that Mm -hmm. grogu needs to learn it and so he also obviously now recognizes the close connection that he has with grogu the fact that he won't grogu won't listen to anyone but him and especially right. now that he knows grogu's real name he has a better way of communicating with him and being able to, you know, kind of direct him and guide him a little better because when you say his name, he'll actually listen. He'll yes, know you're speaking to that. him. Yeah. Um, and now he's going to go out of his way instead of just saying, no, take him, I'm done. He's now going to go out of his way to try to help him become a Jedi and go to this other planet where there's the ancient Jedi or whatever and... Take him there next. This is it. He is now, he has taken the re- full responsibility now as Grogu's actual parent, in, Word. in my opinion. Agreed. So he gets an A for that. Oh, fantastic. Who did not have the high ground?
1: Uh, well, I'll <laughs> tell you who didn't have the high ground. Michael Bean.
0: Yes, Michael Bean, who played... Sergeant Kyle Reese in Terminator yep. came, was sent by John Connor to back in time to save his mother.
1: Yep. Uses a pump action shotgun in Terminator uses a pump action, essentially shotgun blaster, which is the first time we see mm-hmm. that in anything in this show. Very interesting. Michael bean's been absent for a while in the world. Glad to have him back. He was excellent. You know, we got to give him a lot of credit aliens, uh, like you said, Terminator. Even um, oh, was, uh, Tombstone. You know, He played Ringo. Johnny Ringo. Excellent, excellent actor. Uh, they need to give him more to do. He looks a little strange, though. Maybe he's just not aging well. But he did not have the high ground.
0: No, he definitely didn't. I agree with you on that one. I will go with uh, our girl Elsbeth, should be Elizabeth. Um, she I don't know understand what her like long-term game plan was in that city. How is yeah. ruling over that city enjoyable for her? It's desolate. There's right. not a lot going on. Everyone's unhappy. She's got it's not large. Like it's a no. few huts that she's lording over. It just doesn't make sense to me. So she and she thinks she's all at oh i'm this you know great ruler and she's ruling like a little village like come well, on that's
1: the thing i mean it's it's you know i i it's dictators they never want to give up power
0: yeah even if it's over like five villagers which is just absurd yeah. to me but anyways that's why she did not have the high ground for me this week um lastly our chewy medal of honor The unsung hero of the episode.
1: I believe the unsung hero of the episode is um, the, essentially the Asian mayor that Mm -hmm. ends up being the mayor at the end of the episode Yes, has no lines. Well, has one line. He says, you can't talk to us. And then never speaks another word in the entire episode but shows up several times. And then at the end is obviously given this leadership position and says no words. Like I feel no like he's unsung because a, he's obviously a good character with what he does in the episode, but two b because he must have a terrible agent in real life. He just, he's like, you know, oh, they'll put me in the show great i'll sign on and then the agent's got to be in the background like no jesus no wait wait for blinds but he just signed up and and jumped in so he's unsung i'm gonna give it to him
0: okay i that's who i had down i'm trying to think if there's anyone else we could pick but i'm not sure that there is because everyone else was just such a big highlight of the episode um, so I think I have to agree with you and he helps, you know, rescue the, the people who are being essentially like the star Wars version of crucified uh, yes. and just like tortured.
1: Yeah. Um, was a little rough.
0: So he helps save them. And then, yeah, he becomes the mayor at the end. He's definitely, you know, uh, well, I guess he's somewhat sung because he becomes mayor, but still good for him.
1: Yes, indeed. He did that.
0: All right. Well, we will be back with some more Mando and and new baby Grogu Mm -hmm. um, next week. Excited to see what's going to happen next. Things are are when we were complaining about episode two that those complaints are long gone because we've gotten action packed episodes three in a row now. Uh, With some some sort of answers or questions or stuff being brought up that is definitely related to the larger story. Um, Let's play some rolling or trolling. Let's do it. I'm ready. Black Panther 2 news. A bunch of Black Panther 2 news. The first being just a couple tidbits um, in that... One, this is very relevant because uh, last week it was actually uh, would have been Chadwick Boseman's 44th birthday. Oh, okay. Um, And Disney Plus also updated uh, the Marvel logo intro Mm -hmm. that they do uh, before Black Panther as a tribute to him so it just instead of showing the clips of all of the different marvel characters it just shows kind of the clips of black panther and chadwick um so very nice but this from uh i believe comicbook.com right When the world learned in August of the surprising death of Chadwick Boseman due to colon cancer, many people wondered if and how Marvel Studios could proceed with the planned Black Panther sequel. For example, one rumor that circulated over the fall involved the possibility of replacing Boseman as T'Challa, which Marvel confirmed earlier this month that they would not do. We can now report, we, as in comicbook.com, That Black Panther 2 is indeed scheduled to start filming in July 2021, with the sequel's emphasis now shifting to to T'Challa's sister, Shuri, played by Letitia Mm -hmm. Wright, who in the comics did take the title of Black Panther in 2005 when T'Challa in the comic was seriously injured. Director Ryan Coogler will return for Black Panther 2 as are Black Panthers stars Angela Bassett, Lupita Nyong'o, Winston Duke, and obviously Letitia Wright. Uh, The first new cast member to be announced was Tina Cuerta uh, from Netflix's Narcos Mexico as one of the film's antagonists, but we don't yet know anything about who that might be. Uh, Black Panther 2 is currently scheduled to release on May 6th, 2022 but during the covid 19 pandemic that date could be subject to change so neil are you rolling or trolling with the direction that black panther 2 is reportedly taking with a focus shifting on Shuri? i am
1: gonna roll i think uh, you know i want to give it a shot i want to see if it worked uh, Chadwick Bozeman did such a great job and was kind of just a classy guy in general. I think they deserve a shot at this. I, you know, the sister really didn't do anything for me when I was watching the movie. Um, so it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good either way. It's not a doesn't, doesn't. Uh, I'm not. I don't. I'm not expecting a lot from her. But I want to see. I want to see this
0: work. I am rolling with it as well. I actually, you know, Shori's is actually a fan favorite for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, I thought she was a delight in in black panther i thought she was really good she was funny she, that was a this. that was a breakout role for latisha Wright, definitely um because m- most people had not heard of her before Jeez. um she was very witty she was she plays a character who's hyper intelligent um so it would make sense that she would kind of fit in this world and possibly be able to take the over the mantle from t'challa um I think this makes a lot of sense. Obviously, you know, in a way, I kind of would have liked to see if maybe you recast T'Challa just because I, surprisingly enough, we have gotten a lot of Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther. We've had him in, I think it must be, I think four. Or five different uh marvel movies so i you know in that sense we have seen a lot of them but at the same time i would have loved to seen uh, you know him have his own standalone of a couple more times even if it was played by a different actor um but let's you know let's give her a chance and if this is the direction that they think they should go in and i know they're doing this on the fly obviously with everything that happened um i think this is the way to go and i think this is something that chad like you said he was a class act and this is the what he would want he'd want you know you could tell how much he he supported his his castmates um and you know he would have supported the decision to move forward with that ensemble that uh, i'm sure he felt was a highlight of the black the first black panther movie um a lot of people had breakout roles <laughs> in, well, yeah, in that movie that's true. so for it to you know maybe they do kind of shift it a little bit more towards a wider ensemble type of movie um Instead of just narrowly focusing on Shuri, but right. you know we'll see what happens. I trust Marvel and I trust their judgment, and I think they're going to make a good movie. I yeah, I, I like it. I like it.
1: I think it's I think it's the right way to go.
0: Continuing on with taking up mantles, Jeopardy has named yeah. Ken Jennings as interim host following. Uh, the passing of Alex Trebek. Uh, Jennings is expected to serve as the host uh, when the series is begins production. Actually, I believe it began pro- production today, um, and he's going only going to be the first of multiple guest hosts uh, to take on the role. It will not be a permanent thing yet. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to name a full time replacement um, at this moment, and. Uh, Trebek's final episode will air on Christmas Day, December twenty fifth. So, Neil, are you rolling or trolling with Ken Jennings be fir- being first up in, I guess, a tryout or whatever it is to take Alec Trebek's role? I'm, I'm rolling. I think
1: it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Ken Jennings, especially. I mean, I, I don't think he's like got the best personality, or he is the you know host material, but. He's obviously like a very famous Jeopardy-associated person. So if they're going to do tryouts and they're going to do a series of people, I think it makes a lot of sense. I, I was kind of pulling for, when I saw it, LeVar Burton. I thought that was the way to go.
0: I agree with that. And I hope yeah. he's one of the guest yes. hosts so that we could see how that would be. LeVar Burton of, of reading Rainbow Fame. Um, yeah the more you know i just i i always think of community yes and um troy meeting his hero levar Burton, and just he can't like actually make a coherent sentence in front of him he actually didn't want to meet him and ends up meeting him and then he's just like in a ball singing the reading rainbow song it is it's great it's classic Um, anyways yeah, I'm interested to see what hosts they have too. Like I would love to see some some outside the box picks as well. Um that would be cool. But I think Ken Jennings makes sense as a as a start um in this transition that we're gonna have. Um so I'm rolling with it too. Why not? Um, without a doubt. Pete Davidson. Yeah. Of SNL fame, hmm. king of Staten Island. Um Dated Ariana Grande, he is set to be the star of a virtual table read of "It's a Wonderful Life." The star, the star, he will be playing yeah the, the Jimmy Stewart, George yikes. Bailey role.
1: Yikes! Yikes! Yikes!
0: Um, in a virtual table read that also includes Maud Apatow. Ed Asner, Mia Farrow, Ellie Kemper, Carol Kane, Ed Begley Jr., uh, Bill Pullman, Richard Kind, B.D. Wong, and Michael Shannon. Um, It will take place December 13th. Proceeds for the event is going to benefit the Ed Asner Family Center, so it okay. is for charity. Um, what is your take? Are you rolling or trolling with Pete uh, Davidson I'm, following in Jimmy Stewart's footsteps uh, and playing?
1: I, I would normally, I would trailing. normally troll this because I think it would be it, this is bizarre. But I'm curious how all these people found each other and decided that they're going to do a a thing together like uh, so I'm I, like I want to see it uh, there's a few names in there I don't care for Ed Asner beloved national treasure um, I so I'm curious I do want to see it him uh, you know I don't think Pete Davidson is on the caliber of of uh, Jimmy Stewart well, for example I'm doing you know my students are, are doing a radio version of it's a wonderful life and I'm playing like an angry voice in the crowd from when the bank closes down i know my place (laughs) and i feel like i feel like p davidson not the right guy for this lead role but it is what it is i heard good things about that fireman staten island movie
0: it was good it was good i enjoyed it I, i did see it um uh yeah, I'm gonna roll with it too. It's for charity, why not? It's, it's gonna get a lot you know what, it's gonna get a lot a, a lot of eyes on it because of the fact that they had they put Pete Davidson in this role. Um, because he's for whatever reason he's controversial in general, where he's like a either you love him or you hate him. I right you know, I don't think I do either of them, but a lot of people do. Um i yeah i'm fine with it um i it's it's just a virtual table read it's not like it's a remake you know what i mean the these table reads they've been doing a lot of them especially with quarantine and over zoom and stuff like that um one notable one that they did um a couple months ago was fast times at ridgemont high yes I. they had a bunch of people you watch that and your boy shia labeouf oh labeouf he uh, really, really committed to that Sean Penn role. Uh-huh. And uh, he what was a something. What pile of crap that was. He was something else. Yeah. Oh, come on. He was committed. He was good. He, he was the best part of that whole thing. He was hysterical. Uh, there's no talking to you when you're like this. Netflix.
1: You're hysterical.
0: Yes. Earlier in the year, they gave us a top 10 feature on their platform to what seems like much success. Now they're reportedly going to expand that feature to a top 50. Okay. Are you rolling or trolling with this expansion? Hit me with this again. What's happening? So you know how on Netflix, they give you the suggestions yeah. and the categories and do you want to keep watching? Right. And one of them is a top 10 list of the I top feel 10 like, most popular. Yeah shows or movies on their platform this is they're going to expand it to top 50 potentially uh, we, uh, They're looking no. into it i'm i'm trolling this
1: is ridiculous this is the last gasp of a dying empire uh
0: the yeah why i, I don't uh, i don't know if it's a dying empire look, i think it's a i think thriving well for company. now
1: for now <laughs> the but there's are money Listen, they're increasing their price, which is never a good sign. Uh, I, myself, became an HBO subscriber today.
0: Oh, congrats. Thank you.
1: And, you know, uh, it's uh, top 10 is top 10. That's why how you do things. Well, top 50, it's like, I'll just scroll through what you have anyway. Like, what's the point? The algorithm is going to populate my likes with these things anyway, so... I don't understand top fifty. It doesn't make any sense. Do top ten.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not following you on on any struggles that Netflix is having. I think that if if anything, they are just doing better and better as the years go on. Even with the price increases that they're doing, I think those were always planned because they know they can sell their product for more money than they're offering it. Um, Freaking out. So man. they're just going to make even more money. As, as they go on, just because they can, um, and with you know movie theaters potentially being out of business they're they're the biggest hottest game in town um, for mm-hmm. now and for the foreseeable future. Um, that being said, I think a, I'd be interested a little bit in a top fifty just because of how uh, vague netflix is on their numbers in general like it's pretty well known that they don't really offer kind of their viewership and their numbers very you know widely unless it's good true um so it would be interesting to see oh if there's a new release out where it is in that top 50 but then again that being said they could just fudge the numbers and you know put it in the top 10 even if it's not um I think it's probably a little too much. uh, So I'll troll it for now. Trolling it. Yes. Wise choice. Recently, Josh, Josh Whedon. Had exited uh, a new series that he was working on with uh, HBO called the Nevers. Um, He, cited uh that he was exiting due to the level of commitment he had to do and the physical challenges that were presented with the pandemic um he wanted to focus more on his personal life and and all of that ray fisher yes who played cyborg in justice league and has had a very public beef with joss whedon um He previously referred to Whedon's treatment of the cast and crew on Justice League's reshoots as, quote, gross, abusive, and unprofessional. Um, He alleges that Joss's exit from HBO is due to uh, the Justice League investigation that is ongoing. Again, quoting a tweet from Ray Fisher I have no intention of allowing Joss Whedon to use the old Hollywood tactic of exiting, stepping down, or walking away to cover for his terrible behavior. Warner Media's Justice League investigation has been in full swing for over three weeks now. This is undoubtedly a result of it. And then he concluded his tweet signing off a greater than... E, meaning accountability over entertainment.
1: I think this is a very interesting situation. I likely am rolling because I believe in Joss. Is that the correct response? Like, I think I want to say, I just want to give him the benefit of the doubt.
0: I think this is a a little bit of an unfair rolling or trolling for if you don't know the full situation and context with what went on with Joss Whedon and Justice League. So it's been alleged against Joss Whedon and that Justice League shoot um, that it was a, a toxic environment um, that he did yeah. not treat his actors well or any of the crew well. And he it was almost a, a bit of an abusive environment for his workers. Mm-hmm. And Joss Whedon, as director, he's basically the CEO of that set. He's the yeah. guy in charge. Um, right. Ray Fisher has been very vocal about it. And his co-stars, including Jason Momoa, um, mm-hmm. has su- supported Ray Fisher. It's not the first time people have publicly um spoken out against joss whedon he's had other yeah. things in the past as well it's tough because it's we keep bringing these situations up on the show but he's one of those people that he's created good things he's created good and notable things like buffy the vampire vampire slayer like the the first avengers movie um things like that where you want to be like oh no he should be like he did this thing that i liked and this thing that i liked he he couldn't be you know this crappy of a person but enough of this stuff comes out what what would the the motivation be otherwise like, it doesn't make sense. Like, what would yeah. Ray Fisher's motivation be to do all this? You know, so in that sense, I'm, I'm rolling with his exit is what I'm doing. I think all right, I can get behind that. I, I'm just, you know what? Let's let things breathe. Let's let him, if that's what you're going to do, Joss, and you're going to actually, like, take the time to be with your family and all that, good for you. And let's separate you from an environment that I don't know, one that you haven't made allegedly comfortable for the people you work with. So let's just separate you from it entirely for now and see where things head, especially with the investigation that's going on. It does make sense that this is the reason why he's, he's leaving. Because if they are doing an internal investigation, we've learned from all the times we've talked about uh, Johnny Depp that WB is taking a hard stance against poor behavior in any sense, whether it's uh, in your personal life or it's on set and in your professional life. Um, So it makes sense that this would be the reason why he's Quote unquote stepping down. And I think it's, you know what, good for Ray Fisher. If he believes, if it's really true that Joss was as horrible as he says he was, he shouldn't be letting him get away with it. So I agree with him saying, you know what, like, no, he shouldn't be allowed to just say, I'm stepping down when that's not the actual reason why he's leaving. He's not doing it for good reasons and putting, you know, gift wrapping a nice little presentation of, of why he's going. Like he's, yeah. he's not leaving for those reasons by, you know, all accounts.
1: Well, if it's, yeah, if it's accurate, all right, then more power to him. And
0: we're in that. a weird situation because we have to say if, and allegedly and stuff like that, because ultimately True. we don't, no we have a very good sense and we may have an opinion of what's what happened but we don't know for sure until an invest the investigation results come out or whatever it is and you know even then there's always doubt and stuff like that there's always and doubt there's, yeah but anyways we'll move on we from things. the controversial and into something that I actually learned for the first time. So Bring I it. was watching with my wife on Thanksgiving Day, the Thanksgiving yes. Day Parade. Yeah. And there was the Blue's Clues float that came along. <laughs> yes. There was and indeed. I found out, like many other viewers, that Blue mm, is actually a girl. I did not know this. I did not know this either. Blue is a girl. And then I guess there's the the other dog, Magenta, that came along. Magenta apparently. is a boy. And apparently this has always been the case. And there were a lot of people, you know, this was like trending on Twitter. People's minds were blown that Blue is a girl. And there were other people on Twitter that were like, how have you not known this? This has been like a thing ever since right. the first beginning of the show. Um, so yeah, my mind was, are you rolling or trolling with now knowing that blue was a girl? I'll roll
1: with it. I mean, I, I guess it's like, it turns the gender norm on its ear, blue for boy, pink for girl, et cetera. Um, I did, I always assumed blue was a boy. Yeah, but,
0: I, I, I did too. Know. And I'm rolling with it too. Good for them, you know, and Good it was them. early on for them to do something like that. For one two i like how they did it but didn't call any attention to it also like it was a throwaway line at the parade that like the person who was talking about blue just said she right it wasn't like a big like they were making a big statement like no blue is a girl and you know what i mean like i'm good with that it was because it was always this way but it was never like in your face like right this is why we're doing this blah 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 it's just it was what it was and I like that so yeah, I'm going to roll that. with it too um, lastly more good news yes. uh, Ryan Reynolds has been filming a new movie uh, for Netflix huh. uh, called Red Notice starring himself yes. The Rock and Gal Gadot Gal Gadot, um, Gadot. according to THR Ryan Reynolds uh, after uh, the sh- filming wrapped, yes. he thanked the entire crew with around 400 personal videos that he made and sent with them. So he, quote, said, I made videos for their dogs. Morale <laughs> was so low. Because everyone was in lockdown. They couldn't go yeah. anywhere but work or the hotel. In some cases, their families were at home less than a mile away. I can't imagine that kind of longing. Uh, he So he made videos, uh, personalized videos for all 400 people. Um, he also sent everyone in the crew a <laughs> bottle of his aviation gin. Yeah. Uh, with a personalized go. note adding... Uh, he also added that they were an awesome group of people. Uh, what they did was so hard. Rolling or trolling with Ryan Reynolds just being, I guess, an incredible person.
1: I'm going to roll with it, even though it was self-serving. Uh, oh, because it was like, like a promotion of his... Yeah. It's like, come on, man. But no, I, Wait, I like it. I'll get, I'll go all if out. I,
0: if I owned, owned... Uh, yeah. Some sort of beverage company. Yeah. That is the yeah. easiest go-to gift. You might as well give it away. What you're gonna make people pay for it? Agreed. Um, Agreed. I'm rolling with it too. Good for Ryan Reynolds. I guess he's like a really cool guy. Um, and that was very nice of him to do.
1: That was very nice of him. He seems like someone that I would enjoy. So yeah, yeah I, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with it. I think that's great. Also, I love the feud. The pretend mock feud, him and Hugh Jackman have mock games.
0: feuds tend to just be awesome. real well. Yeah, yeah. Him, you got those two. You've got like the Jimmy Kimmel and uh, Matt Damon oh, is hysterical. Classic. Um, just a good all around. I like those. Yeah. Um, should we pretend that we're in a big feud and that I we think hate so. each other just for the rest be... of the the um rest of the podcast? definitely beneficial to our cause. right we might get like two more listeners word um all right moving on all of us. let's I stream so. it skip it or add it to the watch list let's do it okay the first uh so we watched three trailers today um yes. the first being boss baby two Yeah, Neil, what are you doing with it? Are you streaming it? Are you skipping it? Are you adding it to Uh, your watch list? I'm going to skip it. I'm going
1: to skip it. I think it was fun when Alec Baldwin wanted to get back into the uh, animation game. He's been there before. He's done a good job. He actually voiced one of the main characters in a Clerks cartoon based off the Kevin Smith characters, which only lasted 10 uh, episodes, but it was a hysterical cartoon. Um, he played Leonardo, Leonardo, but we don't need, uh, we don't need this next installment. I understand that there was a, uh, there was a boss baby balloon at the Macy's parade. There was. So, you know, enough of that. Um, I'm skipping it.
0: I'm skipping it as well. I think I watched maybe the first like 15 minutes of the first boss baby with my wife. And we were both out after that. So. And that's saying something uh, with her and liking cutesy things. Um, So, and we were both out on it. So I'm skipping as well. Um, We are also getting November 5th, 2021. Mm -hmm. Yes. The return Return. of Clifford, the big red dog. Ah Yes. They released a teaser. Mm Mm-hmm. Trailer about fifteen seconds showcasing what Clifford looks like yeah um, and it showcased that it looks horrible it's not
1: that's what it showcased. great. yeah, looks horrible, and we don't need it. this is like a, this is an example of we're taking all this live action stuff and we're going way too far with it, and just unnecessary big red communist dog digging in our backyard uh, we don't need it enough of clifford enough
0: why enough is of, clifford of communist this because pinko he's red
1: commie dog yeah
0: we we just don't we don't need it don't need it i'm skipping as well i this version of clifford looks like they just spilled Kool-Aid all over him yes. and didn't wash him It doesn't look good like it doesn't make sense why couldn't it have been a brighter red why is it like this like like it looks like this dog was stained
1: red right it's like they want us to believe that it's uh possible that it's like within the realm of reality no that's dumb it's a big red dog
0: it's not within the realm of reality why do they have to try to make it realistic just give us like I, I don't know it looks like five day old kool-aid is stained this just animal poured all over this this poor puppy who happens to be 10 feet tall unnecessary i'm I skipping it as well skipping. i don't get it um lastly gonna be terrible yes lastly we have another netflix movie coming out mm-hmm. um this will be releasing oh this week uh december 4th hello starring uh nicole kidman Ah. uh meryl streep meryl james corden Eh.
1: yeah
0: yeah the prom based off of is it (laughs) based off of it's a broadway show it is it is a broadway show so Um, based off of the broadway show uh being brought to us by ryan murphy who has created a bunch of tv shows including american horror story glee um a bunch of stuff uh what were your thoughts based on your impression of
1: here's this
0: trailer my thought my thought is
1: normally i would not support this but if i understand the story correctly it is about a uh high schooler who is going to go in a kind of an uptight area a bit of a footloose situation is going to go to the prom with another girl as part of the lgbtq um community and it kind of sets the town on fire a little bit so much so that there's protests but these like stars these celebrities descend on the town as though they're going to like stand up for this girl. But in reality, they're just kind of, uh, what's the word? They're publicity seekers and they're self-serving. So I think, I think this is going to be fun because I think they're going to poke fun at the Hollywood, um, everybody look at me culture. Mm-hmm. And I could see Meryl Streep ha- like being funny at that and doing a good job with that. And I I, I I, like the concept. I'm willing to give this a chance.
0: Yeah, I... I'm going to stream it. clearly don't know much about the Broadway musical version of this. Um, I'm sure for theater fans, they are going to be thrilled that this is coming. Um, yes. It's always a question of how good is the movie compared to the play version. But I, I will... I will stream anything that Meryl Streep is taking a part in um just absolutely for her alone. I will stream it just because she's so good and she's earned that she that. Does. yeah so she she gets a stream out of me um, well we watched earn that. two mo- or one movie and one television show this past week based True. off of. The suggestions for each other um i suggested the show succession for you you yep. suggested that i watch grumpy old men yes which would you like to start with first i'll start with succession because i think
1: i can i can be succinct about it okay all right so i watched it in fact i i told you i became an hbo member so i watched a good chunk of of the first season, I think I'm within like two episodes of uh, the first season finale, and here's what I'll have to say: No one in the episode, no one in the show, disappoints. Everyone is doing a great job. Uh, I I understand all the dynamics. This is a rich kind of Rupert Murdoch-like consortium of uh, media, and. You know, he's got, he's on his third wife. The kids are kind of rebelling with dealing with her. She's keeping the father kind of away from them while he's recovering from a sickness that he had. He's a grumpy old man and loves power. It's a very conservative um, media uh, source that they run. And he's got kids of all different ages, again, across three different wives. So the interaction between them is great. Uh, Kendall, the, the, I guess the second yep. son who's running the company
0: he so he's the I believe he's actually the oldest son no Alan Alan Ruck is the oldest oh yes I'm sorry I forgot yeah. about him yeah and he's, he's kind little, of like, out slow. of the picture a little bit yeah. and he's yeah okay a little strange yep you're right you're right so, but this Kendall guy like I hate
1: him but I feel for him yeah like I get it. He's trying to keep everything together amidst everybody's crazy, Mm -hmm. and trying to steer the ship and get everything done right. But he's also a little self-serving, and he's not a likable person. Like he's not evil, but he's just—he doesn't have that charisma. He's not a likable person. Which, I—it's like a backhanded compliment because they got a great actor. He's doing a wonderful job but I think he's doing a wonderful job because he probably, he like doesn't have that charisma. Like he doesn't have movie star charisma.
0: Well, he, he was actually in a movie that we just watched a few weeks ago. um, The trial of Chicago seven. Was he Jeremy strong? He played um, not, uh, not Abby Kaufman, but his partner in crime.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: So Jeremy Strong is actually a very, very good character actor.
1: Well, there you go. He's a great character actor because I like that character in in the trial movie. But he, like, I get him. I sympathize. I feel it. I know what that's like. You have a huge family. Everybody's, like, got their role to play. It's interesting me. Here's the problem. Here's the negative. Okay. I feel like. I, we, they need to do better with their arc what is the point okay what is the mission and get there like it's it's dragging like we had to do a whole there was an episode where it was all like they're at this benefit and it was kind of a waste of time There was an episode where a huge chunk was spent on um a a conversation between the daughter and like her potential client who I don't think is going to factor into the process at all, really, as much as, you know, they wanted us to believe. So I think they just need to move it along because everybody's doing a great job. They have all the tools they need. I think the writers need to step up their game.
0: Yeah. I will say just wait on that a little bit, especially, Once you get to the finale and then going into season two. I believe it. It's really, I mean, the, the ultimate kind of goal of the show for season one and for season two is just the, the power dynamics within this family and how yeah. they are all trying to juggle all of these different things and try to be the ones that come up on top um and it's but it's all within their own family which is crazy um i weirdly enough like they're all horrible people but i love spending an hour with all of them yes (laughs) you know what i mean they're just so entertaining um you're in for like if you think jeremy strong is doing a good job this season just wait until next season I'm because my goodness i mean in season one he is really able like he there are so many facets to that one character right because yeah you've got him kind of being like the you know douchey guy or like kind of like a frat bro businessman and then you know he's every now and then he sums up the courage to like tell someone off or whatever and then he's kind of sneaky and trying to you know do things behind people's backs and then he's also like petrified of his father and then he's like a wimp at the same time so he sums up some courage here and there but then he's also a complete wimp in other senses um and has like no spine so he's really like there's so many different uh levels and personalities just to that one character. I think he does a great job. Roman is obviously insane, oh, uh, but he's hysterical. He's probably insane. the best part of the show. Every episode, Absolutely. he has an unbelievable line. Um, Correct. Brian Cox yeah, the as Logan is Roy is is great, and he gets you know more to do in season two just because he is sick for a portion of season one and senile and all that. Um, yeah, and then. Uh, shiv the sister is really good too uh, she's and good but like she'll again I need on more you. For her. she'll grow okay. on you as it goes her husband is might be my favorite person so on funny. the show he's he so good he is so good tom um that's and a good then, comedic actor too yeah he's great and then uh cousin greg is cousin greg is this
1: tall lanky sad sack and he, they send him to do like a Watergate shredding session. And he's so paranoid about it. It is really good. Like it, it, it's a good show. It's a very good show. I'm going to get to season two because I want to see if they hit their stride.
0: Oh, they will. They will. Season two is something. It's great. Especially the end of it too. You get a really good, a really strong ending of season one. You get an awesome Season two ending. Um, Cool. Well, I'm glad that you're enjoying it. I watched Grumpy Old Men. Yes. Which was a nice holiday transition movie. Yeah. Where it starts out, you get some Thanksgiving, and then you get get Christmas by the end of the movie. So, that was nice because we just finished Thanksgiving. Now, we're in the Christmas season. Right. I, you know, I really enjoyed it. It was a really good movie it was nice to see um the odd couple back together it was almost i guess they're like reunion movie or or what they would be like as old or grumpy men right (laughs) um it listen i i don't know if it if it plays as much nowadays as it did when it was made as f- but uh, why do you think that which is why a, a shame just because i think movies like that aren't really made anymore and don't have the audience like it did which is a That's shame true. that is, which a, is shame. a shame because it, it is a good movie it's very quirky um very simple it's the you know it's you have um uh humphrey bogart and um john What's his name? Now oh, I'm forgetting. Not Humphrey Bogart. You have Walter Matthau. Walter yep. Matthau. Jack. God, Humphrey Bogart. Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon, um, yep. who are old, grumpy old men. And Shit. they hate each other. They're neighbors. And they have like a love-hate relationship where they're always you know ragging on each other and at each other's throats but you know deep down there's some sort of deeper relationship between them um and you do find out later in the movie that they were friend best friends growing up and then of course a woman got between them um and that's kind of what's happening with Anne margaret's character is that she's coming between them um Burgess Meredith and, is oh, unbelievable. Didn't I tell you? Every, every line that he every has is hysterical. Is gold. Um, and filthy and just great. Oh, um, yes. It's so funny. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. It, it was nice how, to see. How it, about this? How about Anne Margaret? This is the 90s.
1: Anne Margaret is then the quote-unquote like older would-be romantic uh couple with one of these two old men but in and i think i referenced this last week in 2020 she's still like hipping with it and doesn't look like an old lady like she's doing an amazing job
0: keeping it together yeah she uh she's she's still in a bunch of stuff yeah still working um you know someone who was in uh i think she's what she was born in 1941 she's still working she yes. was doing um you know mostly in tv now by the looks of it um but really does a great job in in this movie and you know it her character is very believable yes Especially, like, with them being older, you could see why, like, she's she's older, but she's so young-spirited. Yeah. And you could see why grumpy old men like the, they play would, are, wa- like, would be attracted to someone her, yeah. like that. Absolutely. Um, I so, like your comment,
1: though, about uh, that these movies don't get made anymore. I think you're right.
0: I think we need to create don't.
1: a world where they fit in
0: well that's where you know weirdly enough streaming actually kind of helps that's true very true because they're just looking to create content they're not trying to get you know they're not trying to sell theater tickets so you get something um like we had uh like hulu's movie palm springs right that they came out with that's not a movie that anyone would make anymore you know what I mean? No, you, you don't get co- that. the comedies that, that come out, at like even the rom-coms, good or not, that Netflix pumps out. You, sure. Those would come out in theaters. They don't come out in theaters anymore. They don't sell. It's only big event movies uh, that that are selling in theaters now. So this is where these kind of movies are, are going to come out from here on out. It's a good point. Absolutely. So we'll see if maybe over the years there will be a shift in making more of these because they've kind of gone away from it. I can't remember what was the last movie like this that came out in a the theater? Like this,
1: I, it's been when a you while. think about
0: it, you know, yeah. it's probably been, um, what should we call it? You get certain things like maybe like wild hogs. You know, maybe. or the, yeah. the, what was the one movie with Morgan Freeman? It was like the bucket oh, list the or bucket something list. like that. Yep. Um, You had, uh, which is early odds still. So it's 10 years ago. Maybe you get like something like a, a something's got to give. I was thinking that which was a long time ago, kind of similar to this opi, where it's like a, a yeah. rom-com, but of a, a older, older focused uh, characters. You know, uh, they they're not really getting made anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's and it's a shame.
0: Well, well, what do you got for me this week, sir? This week. What are are you in the mood for anything? I'm gonna. I know. I always ask well,
1: that. I feel like we are. You know, we've left the holiday. We're about to head into a holiday season, so it could go either way. Why don't you hit me with something non-holiday related? Okay. Because I'm going to give you a choice between a holiday related and a non-holiday related.
0: Okay. I'm going to give you something non-holiday related. Okay. Um, this was something that, hmm. Okay, so I'm going to give you something interesting. This is something okay. that we'll be leaving streaming this month, but we'll still be on it for you to watch. Um, it is a critically acclaimed movie that came out in the past couple years. I don't know if you've seen it, so we may have to delete out this whole portion. I don't think you would have seen it, so that's why I'm okay suggesting it. Um, critically acclaimed. Um, It's a superhero movie. Okay. It it is very innovative in the way that it approached how the film was created and how it was made. Mm -hmm. Have you seen the movie Into the Spider-Verse? Yes. Okay. Big steaming pile of crap. Okay, well that's unfortunate. Uh, well, yeah. we'll just edit this part out. <sighs> that's I know. So I'm sorry. I didn't
1: care for it. Did not care for it.
0: Why? didn't And I you know care they want to make
1: they want to make another one too. <laughs> I didn't care for it because it it was another one where it's like string this together together better. There was the whole thing the kid, and then he's got this odd relationship with his father. Then he ends up in the sewer, and he's doing the graffiti, and he's doing all this. Stuff. Then he gets bit by the way. like. Get to it faster. I don't know oh. yeah, do like, just get to it. And then you have all these other spider people, but it's, they're not forwarding the tail. Like he, he hooks up with this one spider guy played by the, the guy from new girl. And he like, that's funny, but what did we just wasted all our time with all these other spider people?
0: No, I, I disagree with you. Disagree with you completely, but that, that's fine. We don't have to Outrage. have that whole conversation now. Um, all right. So let's pivot. Let's pivot. Let's pivot. Um, pivot? All right. So this is a Netflix original. All right. Plan B. Netflix original. It stars a up, uh, probably uh, an actor who's pretty on fire right now. Um, on fire. It stars Chris Hemsworth. Ah. Big time action movie. Okay. Came out a few months ago at a okay. time where we needed something to watch. Indeed. Because of quarantine, is towards the beginning of quarantine, we had nothing else. This was a movie that I think I loved, but I don't know if it's because I was like wearing quarantine goggles and I was just so desperate for something new to come out. Um, It's called extraction. Okay. Haven't seen it. Heard of it. Okay. So this is basically um, Chris Hemsworth. He plays a gun for hire. Uh, There is Uh, In the Middle East, rival drug empires that are Mm -hmm. fighting against each other, one of those rivals kidnaps the son of the other rival who happens to be in prison right now. And he needs to pay for the help of Chris Hemsworth, who's, you know, ex-whatever He is, I think he's Australian in the movie, which he is in real life. So X, whatever Marines they have over there. And he's just a gun for hire now. And he, it's about him having to infiltrate and go in and rescue this kid and, and escape with them. And they're going, they've confirmed that they're working on a sequel and it was, it was really good. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed Uh, it. I think you're gonna enjoy it too. I'm curious. Yeah, I am curious. Yeah. So that is my suggestion for you this week is to watch Extraction because I have some interesting things to talk about with it as well. Some some interesting takes on it as well. So I like want to hear your opinion. I'm ready.
1: Extraction. I can get involved in that. All right. Well, for you, sir. I have a choice of two. Okay. Both of them readily watchable on uh, HBO Max. I'm going to stick with the theme today. Cool, cool, cool. But do you want something uh, quasi holiday tinged or you want something just totally out of left field? Let's go left field. Left field, sir, I can give you, have you ever seen the excellent Arnold Schwarzenegger vehicle twins? I have not. You are going to love twins. (laughs) All right. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito play twins, which that is the whole log line. That if I was pitching a movie, I have one elevator. That's all ride. you need. That's all you need. <laughs> I have ten seconds to impress a studio exec. That's all I need to say. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito, they're twins. Make it work. Boom. It's glorious. And it's timely because there's talk about making a triplets movie with Arnold, Danny, and Eddie Murphy. Oh
0: my god goodness are you
1: serious yes. i'm dead serious they've been talking about it for a few years now but every time it gets mentioned in public they get closer and closer so uh, this is an exciting time i think this is gonna be a great okay. movie obviously i believe it was 80 it, it's i don't think it's early 90s i think it's late 80s so it's gonna feel like that when you watch it but you're gonna yeah, love
0: 1988
1: it. yeah you're gonna love it it's it's obviously a comedy it's got some action. Arnold, you know, is is doing some action, but he wanted to break away and do something fun. That's how he linked up with with Dan Devito. It's it's not a waste of an hour and a half. It is something okay. you're you're going to quote lines from it, and you're going to think about it and be like, "Ah, oh, yeah, that was funny." All
0: you're right. going to enjoy it. All right. So I will watch Twins. You are going to watch Extraction. Yes. Um, we will be back with the Mandalorian next episode. Um, I at some point we're just gonna have to choose Christmas movies to talk about. I know I we think... definitely have to watch Die Hard. Oh yes. That's without a doubt. So for those okay. of you who don't know, Die Hard is not only One, a Christmas movie. But two, it's my favorite movie of all time. Correct. And a movie that I can discuss for hours on end. That could be its own podcast. Maybe we'll just do a special episode where we discuss Christmas movies. Or we could do maybe like our ranking of Christmas movies. um, Something like that. We'll come up with something creative because I think we need to... We're in the holiday season. I don't know if there's really going to be any christmas movies that either of us haven't seen True. to suggest for each other so in that case we're just gonna have to come up with excuses to talk about them word you get no objection from me all right cool well thank you again for listening please if you are not subscribed yet please subscribe we do one of these every week um we are on all platforms itunes spotify you name it we're on it Uh, please send us a nice review that would really help uh, to potentially get us more than just our two friends who listen to this and um, you can also find us on neil's website this and other great content gluedtothescreen.com that is glued number to the number 2 thescreen.com um, and with that neil we got to say to the people stream on y'all